guys, it's Elena. Welcome back to 20-something. This is the podcast where we make convos about quote-unquote self-development way more fun because we're in our 20s and life is not that serious. I wanted to sit down today and record a little thought piece. And I say thought piece because I, when I do episodes like this, I never want these to come across as if I'm telling anybody how they should think or what they should value or how they should live their life. Like that's something I try to stay away from. But I've been really into this idea of like frameworks lately. So the idea of basically finding out what the foundational principles that you or I guess that I agree with and that I enjoy following in most areas of my life and then trying to see how many different places I can apply that. So I think maybe it's because I've recently read start or I recently started reading the book Principles by Ray Dalio a little bit ago. I still haven't finished, but I really enjoy it. And that book is basically the same concept. It's a book that seems very fluffy and very general at first, but I think that it's because what the author was trying to do was put the set of principles that he generally believes to be true about life and about work into one book. And that's why it seems very like fluffy, but it's this idea of setting out the foundational principles that you believe in, letting them exist at a general level, and then on a day-to-day when you're making decisions, then you can make the specific decisions and take specific courses of action based on the general underlying principle. So I think that that book was a bit of an inspiration, and I've noticed that I also like that frame of thinking, this idea of like operating by foundational principles of like basically first deciding what the principle is by which you live your life and then letting every other decision flow from there. And it makes my life actually, it makes my everyday life much more free flowing and removes a lot of decision fatigue because I clarify once, a single time I clarify what the principle is that I value and then that ends up flowing through to inform every decision that I make. And obviously like that being said, sometimes life requires more nuanced than that. I'd acknowledge that. Like I don't, I would not say that I stick to my principles 100% of the time because at the same time, obviously principles sometimes don't capture like the details or the circumstances and the context around things. So I wouldn't want to act in a way where I follow my principles blindly. Like that's the other end of the extreme that can kind of veer towards ignorance. Obviously there's exceptions, there's details, context, nuance, blah, 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 blah. However, I do think that there are select few of these principles or these ideas that I generally believe to be true and that for me personally in my life always steer me towards the best course of action, so I follow them. And one is this idea of quality versus quantity. This is a principle that I want to teach myself to adhere to in every area of my life. And the list of situations where this can be applied is endless. So I want to basically just talk through some examples to show how I personally use it. The first is style, quality over quantity. When I was younger, I remember being attracted to so many passing styles and buying new clothes and accessories all the time that I would wear once and then be done with. Even though maybe they had their moment, they were never truly my style or they weren't tailored properly or they weren't really high quality, etc. So I would just buy the new thing, wear it once and then get rid of it. The older I get, the more that I have fallen into a style that favors quality over quantity. And I've also noticed that that is what I appreciate in somebody else's style when I see somebody exceptionally well-dressed out in public, for example. 
I want my wardrobe to be more than just a wardrobe. I want it to be a collection. I want timeless pieces that fit me exceptionally and that fit my style. And I also want exceptional quality in my clothing and in my jewelry. So I think the result of practicing that is that I purchase much less often, but I love the pieces in my wardrobe much more. And they're pieces that I intend on taking care of and keeping for a very long time. And I would say that the trend has been like, generally upwards. I feel comfortable saying that my style has gotten better over time or I have liked my style. I have fallen into a more natural style over time when I have veered away from quantity and more towards high quality of pieces. And I love this idea of buying timeless pieces that will last like decades because part of me also really wants to have clothing items or jewelry pieces that I pass on to my daughter one day the way that my mom did with me. Some of my favorite pieces even now that I wear, are from my mom's closet, which goes to show how well they withstood time. Another example is friendships. When you are young, popularity is very much measured by the size of your friend group. It's how many people you know. And to the same extent, I'd say a lot of people today measure the value of someone's network by its size. So like, for example, how many connections you have on LinkedIn is literally displayed publicly on your profile. We use that as a metric for success. The older I get, the more I've stopped giving a shit about how many or how few friends I have. As long as the quality is there, I'm good. Having a lot of friends, I don't think, at least to me, it does not matter if none of them are going to go to bat for you. If you don't have high quality friends, it doesn't matter how many people you have in your circle. If they're not going to take care of you when you're sick or make you laugh when you're being a sad idiot, or again, like if they're not going to have your back, I don't see the value. Like I think that quality of friendships far, far, far outweighs quantity of friendships. The reason I love my friends so much is that it's not because I have a lot of them, but it's because the friends that I have are absolutely amazing. Like they're my people, they're my family. And I've realized, I think that you can choose your family and I'm super grateful to have the quality of friendships that I have. I really think the quality of relationships and friendships in your life is the only thing that matters. Especially as you get older, you don't even have that much time to socialize in the first place. Like You have to choose with intention who to allocate your time to. So if 95% of my day goes towards working, sleeping, exercising, eating, podcasting, showering, and I have like 5% left over, you better believe that I'm going to be very intentional about who I'm choosing to allocate that last 5% to. And if none of my quality friends are available, then I'm going to spend it recharging alone. If I do want to allocate that 5% to like a social activity or interacting with another person, it is going to be with one of the few friends that I have that are of exceptionally strong, strong, strong level of friendship. Maybe when you're young, quantity of friendships makes more sense because you spend more time in general socializing because you don't have a family, work, other responsibilities, etc. But the older you get, you have so little time that with the level of intention you have to bring to it, it only makes sense that you would focus in on fewer friends but higher quality, a deeper level of those friendships. I saw something in a reels yesterday that I loved where this girl said something along the lines of, it was about finding the friendships that feel so natural that you could sit in silence with each other and be comfortable. That's what I love. I love those friendships that come naturally because those are the people that you can spend time around and they don't drain your energy. To my point about like not having a lot of time, I want to spend my time around people who calm me and bring me peace, like with whom it is just peaceful. I just spent 
an entire week with Mia in Lisbon. We haven't seen each other in months. And it was just peaceful. Like we were so relaxed. We did so much throughout the day and we had so many interesting conversations, but still with her, it's like I go to bed at night feeling so comfortable and fulfilled. It's like a grounding energy. Third example, health and fitness. This is huge. Where I see the application of quality over quantity with health and fitness actually is a few things. First, you see the biggest, buffest guys at the gym doing bicep curls with like 30 pound dumbbells because they're perfecting their form. They're focusing on the quality of movement and not the quantity of weight. Next to them, you see, you know, some idiot swinging around 60 pound dumbbells with terrible form. And if you looked at him, like you would not even be able to tell that he works out. Without the quality of movement, without paying attention to perfecting your form, the quantity of weight that you are moving does not matter as much. It's not going to be as effective in building muscle in your body if the quality of the workout is not there. So in exercise, I've seen the application of the principle and I try to follow it. Same thing goes with nutrition. Like, don't even get me started. If you want to be healthy, I wish I knew when I was younger to focus much, much, much less on counting calories and more on as long as I'm eating a high quality of food, I will be fine. Like you see people counting the calories in their Doritos and focusing more on that than on nourishing their body with actual real high quality nutritious foods. People love to overcomplicate things. Instead of focusing on whatever fad diets you're doing and calorie counting and XYZ, the majority of people, plain and simple, like just do not eat healthy. They do not eat a high quality of food. They don't get enough nutrients and that's why they're unhealthy. So the simplification of this is just eat healthy and move your body and you will be healthy. It's actually not that difficult. And it, I would like to say like, I'm at a point right now where I'm, I feel really healthy. Like, I feel like I have energy. I have no health problems anymore. I'm, have finally achieved like what I would call like vibrant health. I feel really good in my body and I feel like I have energy and I'm slowly building muscle. And actually now is when I attribute the least importance to specifically what I'm eating. The way that I eat naturally is just like a lot of organic, fresh, whole foods, fruits and vegetables, lean meats, etc. And just focusing on the quality and making sure that I'm getting the nutrients that I need and supplementing with a few vitamins for what I know that I'm lacking, I think that is what like made the biggest switch. It was never about what diet, what way of eating I'm following, how many calories I'm eating, how much weight I'm lifting at the gym. It's just exercising consistently because that is what feels good, focusing on perfecting my form and eating high quality foods. The same is true for sleep, by the way. I heard this in another podcast. There are literally studies on how the quality of sleep that you're getting actually might matter more in how rested you end up feeling than just how many hours of sleep you are getting. For example, hours of sleep you get before midnight. So for example, if you get two hours of sleep from 10 p.m. to midnight. Those hours are actually more restful, i.e. like they count more towards your rest than the same number of hours of sleep after midnight. Let's say it's from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. It's the exact same two hours of sleep, but in situation A, it was higher quality sleep because it was before midnight. In situation B, it was lower quality sleep after midnight. So same number, but different quality. This has to do with the body's circadian rhythm, but That was really interesting for me when I learned that I'm basically better off sleeping earlier rather than later because the quality of sleep will be higher. Those are just a few examples, but with health and fitness, quality over quantity is huge and it actually simplifies the process. 
The same is true in your career. My goal is I want to strive for quality of work or efficiency of work rather than the number of hours worked. One of my biggest pet peeves, one of the things that bothers me the most in corporate careers is that people brag and pride themselves so much about how long they work, about the number of hours that they work. Like, okay, you worked 18 hours, but what if you're just what if that just means that you're inefficient at your job? Like, I would rather get the work done in 6 hours and do it well than to work a 14-hour workday just for the sake of saying how long I worked. Because it's possible that the person who worked six hours actually produced a higher quality of output than the person who worked 14 hours. Quantity of hours worked does not necessarily equate to quality of work here. Sometimes giving yourself a shorter deadline actually ironically forces you to cut the bullshit and focus on the things that actually matter. So sometimes the person, specifically the person who works in a shorter period of time, gets the work done better, produces a better output. Let's say you're building a deck or you're doing research, for example. Sometimes the more concise, simplified version is actually better than the version that you spent 20 hours on and that's convoluted because it has too much information, because you overthought it. Obviously, these like these are examples in the context of consulting, but you get the point. Like I, I think that giving myself a shorter deadline, I find, forces me to cut out all of the fluff that I would have spent time on that doesn't actually contribute to the quality of the output. I want my goal to be to focus on the things that, you know, move the needle, so to speak. This also makes sense. I learned about something called Parkinson's Law, which is the idea that work expands to fit the time that we give it, regardless of the amount of work to be done. So for example, if you tell someone to write a book and you tell them that they have six years to write a book, they're going to take six years to write a book. They're going to find a way to procrastinate and prolong the process such that it takes up the entire six years to write the book and they will hand it in on the due date at the end of the six years. But if you give someone six months to write a book and you tell them, write this book, have it to me in six months, they will get it done in six months. And chances are the book that was written in six months will be a better book because they had to cut the crap and focus on the good good stuff that they actually wanted in there. It's going to be a higher quality of work. What's interesting is that Parkinson's law, I think, was originally thought of in the context of public administration and like bureaucracy. So work expansive at the time that we give it, regardless of the amount of work to be done, kind of as a principle to explain why bureaucracy is so slow moving as, as is stereotypical. But point is, I think that it applies to a lot of things. And it's really interesting. And again, to relate it back to my career, I would rather focus on producing a high quality of work than to obsess over the number of hours that I work. I really hate how in a lot of corporate careers, if you listen to conversations between people at consulting firms and banking, I would guess that it's the same for law firms too. You overhear so many conversations about people bragging like, oh, I was up grinding until 3 a.m. last night. I'm exhausted, blah, blah, blah. How many hours are you averaging? Like guys in finance cannot shut up about how much they work. Like maybe you're just inefficient. Get it done faster. Look at the tech industry, for example. Tech has produced some of the greatest innovations at the most rapid pace of innovation in the past like decade, probably more than a decade, but whatever. Still, we all know that everybody at Facebook works like four hours a day, but clearly they're productive. I guess this could just be a matter of measuring the wrong metric. I think the metric should be, in general, in a career, like the metric should be, for success, should be 
quality of work performed, not quantity of work performed. We're not going to be productive if the metric that we are focused on measuring is quantity. And I like to believe that if I follow this principle of quality over quantity, if I make that my focus, I will be successful in my career. Like there's no way that somebody who produces an extraordinary quality of work will not be rewarded for it. Meanwhile, I do not think necessarily that somebody who just uses the length of their work as a metric for success will be rewarded that much in their career. Quality over quantity. In business, the same is true. Having five exceptionally loyal customers who like buy every single product you put out and rave about you to their friends, that quality is worth way more than having, you know, 500 customers who just come and go. The loyal customers have a greater lifetime value to your business than the ones who buy from you just once. This is why it makes more sense for business owners to focus on making their product exceptional and letting their customers market it for them through word of mouth instead of plowing millions of dollars into marketing a mediocre product just to get eyes on it, just to get like a quantity of eyes or like attention on the thing. If your product is mediocre, it doesn't matter how many eyeballs you have on you. Your product still sucks and people aren't going to buy it. Or if they buy it once, they're not going to like it. They're not going to buy again. It makes more sense to focus on building a high quality of product because that is when you'll get repeat customers and you'll get loyal customers who go to bat for you and rave about you and don't shut up about you and post about you on social media and tell their friends and buy everything that you put out because they know that the quality is there. Quantity doesn't matter if the quality is not there. Another example is this, like it is in sales, for example, it is easier to sell one $10,000 product to one person than it is to sell $10,001 products. Quantity is not necessarily a good thing. In both scenarios, you make the same amount of revenue, top line, you made $10,000, but one is much easier. It's actually easier to sell one $10,000 product than it is to sell $10,001 products because probably the person buying your $10,000 thing is actually much less price sensitive than the people who are buying the $1 thing. So it's easier to sell to them And you only have to make the sale once and not 10,000 times. On social media, same is true. The people who interact with your content the most, if you're a content creator, the ones who engage with your content the most, the loyal followers are the ones who are boosting your stuff on Instagram's algorithm, on TikTok's algorithm. That's another situation where like the quality of interaction carries more value than the quantity of interactions. In two ways, actually. In terms of the algorithm, it's more important. But it's also more important in terms of the quality of your business and probably the amount of satisfaction that you get from whatever you're building or whatever product you're creating. And in the context I think of business, like this could also be called the 80-20 principle, but it's basically the same thing. And the implication of all this is that, like if I think about how I would make this actionable for myself, if quality almost always is superior to quantity, is of greater importance than quantity, then the implication is that I'm better off spending my time worrying about the quality of what I'm doing than the quantity of it. I'm better off spending my money finding the beautiful, timeless pieces that I'll keep in my closet for decades and that elevate the quality of my look than on worrying about buying the new trendy piece every three months. I'm better off focusing on the quality in the way that I'm nourishing my body than on worrying how many calories I'm consuming. I'm better off cultivating and strengthening the relationships that I already have with the incredible people in my life 
and spending time with them because I know for a fact that they bring me joy anytime I see them, I'm better off doing that than on trying to make the size of my friend group as big as possible and ending up with a lot of surface level friendships. I'm better off striving for a high quality of work and efficiency in the time that I spend working than on striving for sheer volume of hours worked. I think that that's going to take me further in my career. Time is not the good metric. And in business, focusing energy and resources on the loyal customers who spend the most and who tell their friends about the product pays more than the kitchen sink approach of trying to market to everybody under the sun and chasing a high quantity of one-time buys. And in the context of this podcast, I think that I'm better off focusing on building something that the people who consume these episodes love and that makes their day or their life better somehow. I'm better off focusing on that than on trying to get the highest number of people to, you know, like my stuff. And coincidentally, I think that it'll also make me happier.